0: Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. Yes, it's on page 1024 and it's Mark chapter 16 and the first eight verses. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, He is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone, because they were afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Be to God.
1: Well, as we stand, let me pray for us now. Heavenly Father, what a morning, gloriously bright, not just because the sun was shining, but because the sun was risen. And we pray that we would grasp what we've been singing that death is dead, love has won, Christ has conquered, that we grasp it perhaps like never before this morning and that it would indeed leave us full of thankfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Please do sit down. Ben has uh, rightly uh, uh, wished you a happy Easter. I want to as well, and uh, warmly welcome you uh, to this uh, wonderful service this morning. Two things you might like to do for these next uh, 15 minutes or so. One would be to uh, grab hold of the Bible and turn again to page 1024, Mark chapter 16, Uh, the reading that Dave read for us just a few moments ago. The other thing, if you find it useful, would be to dig out this uh, sermon outline just so that you know where we're going uh, in the next few minutes. Uh, Just three words can change your life forever. I'll never forget the 13th of June, 1992. It was a warm summer's evening. I was sitting in a restaurant on a balcony overlooking the Thames in Windsor. And I heard these three words, yes, I will. I'd uh, moments earlier asked Caroline, will you marry me? And after a little pause, <laughs> which seemed a very long pause, she said, yes, I will. Just three words, but they changed my life forever. They've changed how I live, where I go, who I go with, what I think about. Here are three more words that can change your life forever, a little more negatively. You are fired. Just three words, but they can change so much. Again, where you live, what you do in your leisure time, your plans for the future, not to mention your status and your self-esteem. Well, at the end of Mark's gospel are just three words, but they are three words that change everything in the whole universe forever. Look with me again at Mark chapter 16 and verse six, and three words buried there in the middle of that verse. Do you see them? He has risen uh, they're the words spoken to three of Jesus' followers, uh, followers who thought Jesus was dead, but no, he has risen. He was dead, but he's risen from the dead and he's alive forevermore. Now, if that's true, then it changes everything in the whole universe forever. Because if there's one thing that wrecks life, it is death. Death is life's great gate crasher. Uninvited, whenever it comes crashing in, it ruins the party. And it hurts so much. The pain of death is like nothing else as our hearts are broken. Nothing fills the emptiness of loss. And even if we've never experienced that pain personally through the loss of a loved one, death still casts its shadow over the whole of life as we look ahead. It's going to come. Uh, John Stotts writes uh, these words, they're on the uh, handout. Human beings have tried with all possible ingenuity both to defy and to deny death. But only Christ has claimed to conquer it, that is, to defeat it in his own experience and deprive it of its power over others. That's what we're talking about here on Easter Sunday morning. Death defeated. That's what these three words are about. Jesus has risen three words that speak of life beyond the grave and therefore three words that are without question the most important words anyone can ever hear i put that thought to someone a few years back and they said this to me yeah i get that yes i completely agree that to know that death is not the end is the most important thing that anyone can ever hear but they went on and i don't mind telling you that i want to believe it but tell me this paul is it reasonable to believe it Well, that is a very good question. And to answer that, four points again, all on the handout. Firstly, previously predicted words. See, after saying these three momentous words, he is risen. Note what the messenger went on to say. I'll read from verse six of Mark 16. Don't be alarmed, he said, You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Do you see those words? Just as he told you. Here's the remarkable thing. Jesus had told his disciples that he was going to rise from the dead. If you've got a Bible open, flip back with me to chapter 14 and verse 27. And you'll see here Jesus' prediction, not only of his death, but of his resurrection. Mark chapter 14, verse 27, speaking to his disciples, he says, You'll all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I've risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Jesus predicted his resurrection, and he was so sure it would happen, he even arranged a rendezvous point, do you see? It's as if in verse 28 he's saying, synchronised watches, we'll meet in Galilee after they've murdered me. (laughs) It's quite something to have the confidence to say that. It's quite another to be able to deliver on it. The point is this, Jesus knew he would rise from the dead. He made the point over and over again. Three times in Mark's gospel, he said to his disciples that he would suffer, die, and rise again. Those three references are on the handout if you want to chase it up later. Now look, who is this who predicts that they will rise from the dead? Of course, there've been world leaders who've claimed immortality and others who predicted that they would come back from the dead, but they've all ended up looking foolish. Foolish. So who is this who predicts his resurrection and then does it? This is huge. For if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then to use the words of C.S. Lewis, he's either a liar or a lunatic. That's the only conclusion you can come to. For honest, sane people don't go around predicting resurrection. So if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then we really shouldn't waste our time here any, uh, anymore this morning or come to that any other Sunday morning. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, we really should sell this building and turn it into a carpet warehouse or or a block of exclusive apartments and then give all the proceeds to the poor. That would be a good thing to do. And if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then we definitely don't, well, I will give up this job and we definitely don't have anything to say in the face of death. And I, for one, won't take any funerals because I'd have nothing to say. But if Jesus did rise from the dead, well, then he is Lord. Lord over death, previously predicted words. Secondly, totally unexpected words. We've seen how Jesus told his disciples again and again that he'd rise after death, but the disciples never got it. That's why the women went to the tomb on that first Easter Sunday morning. Look again at chapter 16 and verse 1. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome, bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb. The three women went to the tomb to pay their last respects to anoint Jesus' dead body. They weren't expecting a resurrection. They were discussing who would roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb to allow them to embalm the dead body of Jesus. They weren't expecting a resurrection. Of course they weren't. Peop, dead people don't come back to life. How I wish they did. As I conduct funerals, I feel it again and again. As I look out onto the congregation, I see the heartache, the pain of death. I wish I could do something, say something to take away the pain. I'll never forget the funeral of one friend. He was in his fifties. His wife asked me to take the the service. Uh, They were from a different culture. In their culture, it was customary to have the the casket open at the funeral. And then during the service, the mourners would be invited to file past the body. Uh, The first person to go up was, was his wife. And as she passed by, she broke down and sobbed uncontrollably, pleaded, begged with him to get up. how we wish dead bodies would rise. But we know they don't. And these three disciples knew dead people don't rise. And so they weren't expecting a resurrection. If they were, they wouldn't have gone to the tomb. They'd have gone to Galilee. You remember Jesus had told them to synchronize their watches. But they didn't go to Galilee. They came to the tomb expecting to find a dead body. And so for them to be convinced that there was indeed a resurrection, they needed good, solid evidence. Previously predicted words, totally unexpected words. Thirdly, crucially instructive words, and we're over the page if you're still with me on the, on the handout. Again, look closely with me at the words of the messenger. He said, verse six, you are looking for Jesus the Nazarene. Very important. That's who they were looking for. They were looking for a man from Nazareth. And here's the thing. If that's all we're looking for, then we won't believe the resurrection is possible. For there to be a resurrection from the dead, we've got to know that Jesus is much more than a man from Nazareth. It's one of the main points right through Mark's gospel. Jesus was more than that. He was more than just a man from Nazareth. In his gospel, Mark has asked questions. He's asked questions of us, the reader. Who is this man? And who do people say he is? And who do you say he is? And to help us to see that he's more than just a man from Nazareth, Mark recorded the astonishing things he did. Like making a a paralyzed man walk. And rescuing a boat of people from drowning by stopping a whirlwind in its tracks and instantly bringing calm to a raging sea. Like delivering a wild demon-possessed man and making him calm and in his right mind. And like bringing a little girl back from the dead. And like uh, leaving 5,000 people feeling stuffed full even though he only had a few loaves of bread and a couple of fish to feed them. And like walking on the water. And then enabling a deaf man to hear and a mute man to speak and a blind man to see. And we could go on and on with all the things that Mark records for us. And he tells us these things to show us that Jesus is not just a man from Nazareth. And his resurrection from the dead, of course, is the final proof that he is so much more than a mere man. Of course, if you listen to all these miracles, you may well be like the woman who said to me some years back, all these miracles, that's why I don't believe. They just don't seem believable. Well, that's a good point, isn't it? And if you feel that way today, allow me to ask you, if God were to step down onto planet Earth, what would you expect him to do? How would he prove himself to you? I've got to tell you that if somebody walked in here right now and shouted, I'm God, i'd well i'd think all sorts of things but one of the things i'd want to say to them is prove it and if they couldn't do anything spectacular to prove their claim if they couldn't do anything out of this world to prove that they really were god as they claim to be then i'd be looking to get them help so here's the thing jesus did claim to be god he claimed to be more than a man from nazareth And he did prove those claims. He substantiated those claims by doing mighty miracles. The miracles are not a reason for skepticism. They are the reason to believe. They're exactly what we'd expect to see if God came down to earth. And the resurrection is the miracle that tops them all. And it tells me that Jesus is God. And crucially, it tells me that he can deal with death previously predicted words, totally unexpected words, crucially instructed words, and lastly, personally challenging words. These three women went to the tomb, not expecting the resurrection, being told about it, and then see how Mark ends his gospel, verse eight. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. And that is, I believe, how Mark does end his gospel. Indeed, the editorial comment uh, in brackets uh, under the line after verse eight supports that view. Uh, See, I think the words from verse nine were added because verse eight seems like such an anticlimax. Somebody read this and thought that can't be the end. Verse eight is hardly a verse to inspire us to conquer the world. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Here we are presented with the most stupendous moment in uh, an event in history the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And the story ends showing a few women trembling, bewildered, and afraid and silent. Certainly not the ending of a Hollywood blockbuster now, is it? But it was no mistake that Mark ended his gospel like that. It's an ending that is personally challenging. Three more words. These women left the, the tomb trembling bewildered and afraid and throughout Mark's gospel when people react like that when they're afraid they don't know who Jesus is and they don't know why he came to planet earth and so Mark is saying as we watch these women walk away afraid they clearly don't yet know who Jesus is and they haven't grasped that he had to suffer and die and then rise again And so Mark quite deliberately ends his gospel like this to present the question to us. Will you too walk away trembling, bewildered and afraid? Will you too walk away from Jesus? You see, you will if you don't know who Jesus is and you will if you don't know why he died and rose again. I meet many people who know that Jesus died and that he rose again, but they don't know why. I meet many people who know that Jesus came and walked this planet, but they don't know who he really was. And Mark says if that's you, then you will walk away bewildered and afraid. Bewildered when it comes to the meaning of life, confused by the many issues of life, puzzled by the big questions of life. What is life all about? What happens when I die? You'll walk away afraid of death, always hanging over you in the distance perhaps or maybe very close, but always there. But if you know who Jesus is and if you know why he came and if you know that he rose from the dead, well, then you don't need to be afraid anymore. You don't need to be afraid of all that life might throw at you. You don't need to be afraid of what life is all about. You don't need to be afraid of death for Jesus has defeated death. So, what about you? Well, it might be that you're here this morning saying, "Yeah, yeah, I, I really would love to be sure of these things. I really would." It may m- maybe that you need more more information. You need to investigate more. You need to look at the evidence for the resurrection. Well, let me encourage you to join us for a course we have. Ben's already mentioned it. It's called Christianity Explored. I've got an invitation to it right here. I'll, I'll have a whole load of them on the door as you leave. It, it begins on, um, on the 30th of April. It's a Tuesday night with a meal. It's a seven-week course. You could come for one week. See how you like it. You don't have to come for the whole time. I can almost guarantee if you come for one, you'll want to come back. But try, try me out. See if, I'm, see if I'm telling the truth on that one. Come along. And uh, I'd also love to give you a, a DVD. It's totally free. It tells you more about the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, why it's so important, what it means for our lives. Well, thanks again for coming. Easter morning, most wonderful time to come. And if you'd like uh, one of these and an invitation, I'll be standing on the door, just say you'd like one. I'll have them in my hands and I'd love to give one to you. Well, we're going to turn to pray now. Ben is going to lead us in our prayers. Let's just have a moment of silence as we reflect on the things that we've heard and our own response uh, to them.